God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Genesis 1.26 As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. Welcome everyone to today's podcast. I'm reading about the likeness of our our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how we become like Him as we dive into His Word. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You, Lord God, in the heavens for Your image, Your likeness, Lord. We know that we know that we know in our hearts, Lord God, Your holiness, Your goodness, Your mercy. We know through the Holy Spirit Your likeness, Lord. And we see it in others. We see it. We see it in service. We see it in laughter. We see it in contentment, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for providing contentment for us, Lord. In the midst of tribulations, Lord, we thank you for our contentment. Thank you for that peace that passes all understanding that you have given us. You've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we rejoice in that. We rejoice. We thank you for the blood, the blood of the covenant, Lord God. Hallelujah, that we are in covenant relationship with the Father God. We drink of the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the bread of life. You've given us your body, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that bread. We consume it. And we become in your likeness, Lord Jesus. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. And Lord, we thank you for the wonderful water that you were baptized in. Thank you for the wonderful water that we were baptized in. And thank you for the wonderful water that cleanses us, cleanses us, and keeps cleansing, cleanses us. Thank you, Father, for the H2O in our lives, Lord. It brings it in likeness with you. And thank you for the Holy Spirit and your word. Back to your word, Lord. Your word renews us like youths, like eagles. Your word forgives all our iniquities. We, Your word heals all our diseases. We praise your word for it has redeemed us from destruction. We thank you for your word, for it crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And your word satisfies all our needs and feeds us with the best, so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for your word. And in your likeness, we are renewed every day. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Reading Romans Again, chapter 6, verses 4 to 6. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, 
and that body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Amen and amen. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. Romans 8.3 A man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory. 1 Corinthians 11.7 Amen. Again, a man should not wear anything on his head when worshiping, for man is made in God's image and reflects God's glory. Seems to me that that would apply to women too in the church. Huh? As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have been born the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 48 to 49, NIV. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. Colossians 1.15 Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Amen. Amen. Living Water the never-ending spiritual life of our healing, refreshment, and nourishment found in the person of Christ. We can say Jesus Christ is wonderful water. Can you say that with me? Say wonderful water. And you might drink a glass of water to go along with your reading. I did. The never-ending spiritual life the never-ending healing, refreshment, renewal, nourishment found only in the person of Christ. Jeremiah 2.19 says, For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. 
How dumb can you be? Jeremiah 2.13 In John 4, verses 4 through 14, says, Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Of course, his disciples had all gone to town to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritan. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Wonderful, wonderful water. John chapter 4, verses 4 through 14. Amen. On the last day of the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he's speaking of the Spirit, who will be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. John 7, 37-39 Again, Jesus said, he shouted, on the last day of the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. The spirit had not yet been given as of yet because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. John 7, 37 to 39. In Revelations chapter 7, verses 16 and 17, Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not be down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Stay on the path of the Lord your God has commanded you 
you to, you to follow, then you will be live long and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Deuteronomy 5.33 So, stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous. Live in the land you are about to enter and occupy. These are the commands, decrees, and laws of the Lord your God. Direct me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing to Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Deuteronomy 6 verses 1 and 2. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation, says the Lord. Psalms 91, 16. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. Listen, my son. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Proverbs 4.10 Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Proverbs 9.11 The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Proverbs 10.27 True humility and fear of the Lord's leads to riches, honor, and long life. Proverbs 22.4 Again, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, lead to honor, lead to a long life. In Jeremiah chapter 7 verses 6 and 7 says, Stop taking advantage of foreigners, orphans, and widows. Don't kill innocent people and stop worshiping other gods. Then I will let you enjoy a long life in this land I gave your ancestors. Amen. You know, we can easily worship our careers, our wives, our time. You know, well, I deserve to watch news or something like that. But we need to enter into worship in God and have a project and a hobby of reading His Word. And to me, it would be like enjoying 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and having the time and the luxury to enjoy those, those books. And that's joy to me. Amen. In John 3.16, through the Message Bible, it says, This is how much God loved the world. He gave His Son, His only, His one and only Son, and this is why, so that no one need be destroyed by believing in Him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 3, Message Bible. Children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise attached to it 
namely, so you will live well and have a long life. Amen. Love. Don't forget what love is. Love is God's tender regard and concern for mankind, devotion, and affection. Does God have a need? We're always asking God for something. How about God asks us something? What does He ask us? He asks us for devotion and affection. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's what we're doing right here. Father, we're devoted to you and we give you our affection to the best of our ability. We bless you if there is such a power that human beings can bless a mighty, mighty creator, Father God. So the scripture says to bless you. We bless you, Father. And we focus on you and give you thanksgiving and praise. And thank you for living us. Thank you for living us abundantly and effectively with your love and your concern. In Jesus' name, amen. John 3.16 in the NIV says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, for that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 8.35 and 39 in the NLT, it says, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scripture says, For your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, Neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8, NIV. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. 
May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will make complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 through 19, NLT. Let's read that again. I say to you, people, your roots will go down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand. As all God's people should. Have the power to understand. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. We can experience the love of Christ without understanding it. Isn't that the, that's the way it's always been with our salvation? Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life. Who doesn't want to be complete? I want to be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Woohoo! Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19. NLT. That we will be made complete. So you can tell everyone, hey, I'm, I'm complete. I'm whole. I am filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. And Amen. And you know, it reflects in joy, humor, love, and able to answer and work and move with grace. Man, when you get injected with some of that, what they're talking about, it's a beautiful um, experience to have and walk around with that love. It usually comes from a large dose of, I was going to say drinking, the living water, the living scriptures like we're doing now. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I love you too. Thank you. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 24, the NLT says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can love, God's love, be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we will be confined when we stand before God. Confident, excuse me. We will be confident before we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that pleases Him. 
And this is the commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with Him and He with them. And we know He lives in us because the Spirit He gave us lives in us. 1 John 3, 16 and 24. Amen. And we already do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and His love. And we do have love for one another. And I have given up my life for you by doing this, reads. That's my gift to my brothers and sisters that I love in the Christ. Some of you are working. Some of you are going through incredible pressures of life and people that are close to you. Stay strong. Praise the Lord. Thank God for difficult people, difficult situations. Praise Him. Remember that as we say, Restore, Lord, restore my finances. Restore my health. Restore, Lord Jesus Christ. Restore my calling, my duty. Restore the love of the Father. Just keep saying restore on every prayer. We keep saying restore. Because in the Old Testament, the Father says, everybody's running astray here and there, and they lost their way, but no one is saying, restore. Oh, how, that's how easy it is, folks. Father, restore in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Restore. In other words, from the foundations of the earth, we were stored up for our journey, for our ministry, and for our joy and fullness of life. Amen. It's not always sacrifice, folks. Is serves up. Beach is coming. Let's go enjoy the water. I truly believe that God wants us to enjoy His creation. The natural, beautiful things. And by the way, make sure you get a lot of oxygen. We are oxygen deprived in our serenity, serenity lives. You know that word. We sit around too much in today's affluent lifestyle. Get up, get out, get some air and lots of water. And don't forget to get on a rebounder if you can't get out and walk. Or do both, even. A mini trampoline. Because I love you. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Since I am long-winded. Uh, by the way, it's 1.30 in the morning, 2 in the morning. I couldn't sleep these last couple of days. The Lord, I am fully awake, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go. No one in the neighborhood to play with. Just the Word of God. Amen. I'll get to sleep in a minute as soon as the... The bell rings in my head. All right, our next topic is mercy. Mercy. Mercy, mercy me. Kindness in excess of what may be expected. A disposition to forgive, pity, or be kind. That's what mercy is. Kindness in excess 
or what might be expected. Beautiful, beautiful words of mercy. Mercy, God says, stretch out your arm, for I will have mercy on you. Exodus 33, 19. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Exodus 3.19 NIV Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his house for dinner. All right. He did for his guests, along with many tax collectors and other disruptible Sinners, You know, there's going to be a lot of wine flying around. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifice. For I have come to call on those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who think and know they are sinners. Ooh, Matthew 9, 10 through 13, NLT. That's the reason in the scripture I stay in the 12-step program. I get to go into some incredible, sad situations of a human beings. Because I knew I was a sinner when I walked into those. It just, the presence of God is so strong. And, and all these people that admit it. I go in there. Because of this scripture. I did both. I hung around with the Pharisees. I called them I used to be like we're feeding each other the reading and donuts and coffee and we don't have any new disciples in the Bible studies. So I left. I said, I'm out of here. And going back where people know they're sinners and they need help and you're there available. Amen. Mark chapter 5 verse 18 and 19 NIV As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Amen. Mark 5, 18 and 19, NIV. He always shows mercy to everyone who worships him. Luke 1 5 CEV. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Luke 6 36 NIV. Sounds pretty good. We have overflow of mercy on us, so we can share that mercy to others. In Romans 11 30 32, said in the CEV, 
it says, At one time you Gentiles rejected God, but now Israel has rejected God. And you have been shown mercy. And because all the mercy shown to you, they will also be shown mercy. All people have disobeyed God, and that's why he treats them as prisoners. But he does this so that he can have mercy on all of them. So if you see, if you think a lot of people are mad at God, but God is waiting for them to ask Him for mercy, their own decisions got them on that situation, and they blame it on God. They were probably, we were probably unmerciful because we were not in the Word of God, even though we received mercy. But when we're not in selfishness, surprise, self-centeredness, uh, thinking you're not going to have enough. Amen. It's a tough one. It takes an engineer degree to realize and to follow. And a lot of failure. Thank God I'm a misfit. God, now I qualify for mercy. When I raise my hands, I thank God I'm a misfit, Lord. I missed it. I didn't give that homeless person the five bucks you wanted me to. I told him to go get a job. I missed it. Thank you, God, I missed it. Now I qualify for mercy. I think that's the way it works, folks. Okay, three more scriptures, and we're about done, because I'm starting to meddle. First <laughs> Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 16, and the NIV says, Even though I was, was a blasphemer, Blasphemer, I like that word, blasphemer, blasphemer, and a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Amen. In a nutshell, folks, we've been shown mercy. You know why. In Titus 3, 4 and 7, 4 through 7, NIV says, But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appear, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, 
having the hope of eternal life. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. One more time, please. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, of course, but because of His mercy. He's our compassion as a Father has mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth through Christ and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, In other words, we, we want justice. There it is. We've been justified by His grace. That's the only justice. We might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Amen. We are heirs of eternal life. Woohoo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Restore, Lord. Restore my inheritance. Restore my heirship. Restore, Lord God, my right standing with the Lord and the Father. The enemy will always try to make us feel like we don't measure up. We don't measure up in this. We don't measure up in that. We got to pray, read, give all our resources. I've done all that, folks. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, this is the easier, softer way. Receive his mercy. Say, Uncle, enjoy the process. Live long. Our last scripture is 1 Peter 2.10, NLT. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.10, NLT. And remember in the Psalms it says, His mercies are new every morning. Brand new mercies, guys, in exchange for for us not hoping, for not having faith. Brand new mercies. Have faith in His mercy. If you leak belief, if you, you need encouragement every day, believe that His mercies are new every morning and we will have what we believe. I've been doing that, and every day I've been receiving coupons, certificates, resources, uh, money, and I was shown in a vision that if I imagine the blood of Jesus in a jar and just look at it and meditate and think about what it all means. Actually, it was a a five-gallon glass bottle, water bottle, and it was filled with about two gallons of the blood of Jesus. That was my vision. And then on the vision, it quickly moved to a, a jar, a pitcher of pristine water. Beautiful. And me and the wife, we were saying to the water in this vision, standing up, holding the water, we were saying to the water, wonderful water, wonderful water, which is Jesus Christ, which is what we just read, right? And then on the third vision, very rapidly, I saw this book I'm reading to you, the Book of Promises, on my kitchen table in the next room by where the sun comes up. 
and in the middle of the kitchen table was money about, oh, I estimated about, no, about 85 bucks. And why was that? At that time, we were going through financial situation and need. And what I realized is God gave me a shortcut in His mercy. The power of the blood, the power that creates things, the water, the wonderful water that changes and renews things, and the Word of God, which is the Holy Spirit, spoken out what we just did, gives out mercy. And what's the fruit? The fruit is tangible evidence that we have hit a payload, folks. Amen. Listen to this often. Listen to this over and over again. Let us receive mercy that we can help in times of need in the right places in the right time. Let's go ahead and pray with the Jabez prayer, please. Oh, that you would have mercy in me indeed. I'm paraphrasing. And that you would enlarge my mercy. You would enlarge my territory of mercy. That your kindness and your goodness may be upon me. That your hand will be upon me. And that you would keep us from evil. That it may not harm us. And God perform what we requested. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Go in the mercies of God. I love you. Greetings, family. Fernando Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about a scripture that really baffles the imagination. It's found in Sephaniah 3.17. Can any of you tell me what Sephaniah 3.17 says? Because uh, there's not that many scriptures that go along with this one. Um, I'll probably have to do more searching, but... Sephaniah 3.17 says that God dances around us, that he's so in love he can hardly contain himself, that he, his love, he sings with shouts of love and for the love that he has for us. It's a beautiful way to express his love to us. Sephaniah, let me go over there. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for your interest in our lives. We thank you that you are our Father. You give us all things that pertain to life and godliness. We love you. We exalt you. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Thank you for making us as we are, Lord, just the way we are, Lord. We thank you for giving us that peace that passes understanding through your Son, Jesus Christ, and making us aware of your laughter and your singing. In Zephaniah, excuse me. Let's see, let's see. Where do we start? On that day, Zephaniah 3.11, you will no longer need to be ashamed for you will no longer be rebels against me, saith the Lord. I will remove all proud and arrogant people from among you. 
There will be no more haughtiness on my holy mountain. Those who are left will be the lowly and humble. For it is they who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will never tell lies or deceive one another. They will eat and sleep in safety, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout out loud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughters of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemies. And the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty warrior. He will take the light in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Zephaniah 3.17 Amen. Amen. So praise the Lord that he exalts over us with song and thanksgiving. Let's go ahead and go to another translation. How about the... uh, You say the New King James? Is that what you said? The New King James translation? Okay, let's go over there. New King James translation. And it says, Zephaniah 3.17. Well, let's start with 14. It says, Sing, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughters of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Let not your hearts, let not your hands be weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. A mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Amen. Well, I don't see any dancing here. Go to Soren. I saw dancing in another translation, but it's good enough, huh? The Lord thy God is in our midst. He will love us to life and make us all well. Let's go to the Good News Bible and see what it entails. Okay. Zephaniah 3.17 It says, Sing and shout for joy, people of Israel. Rejoice with all your heart, Jerusalem. Sing and shout for joy, people. Rejoice with all your heart. The Lord has stopped your punishment. He has removed all your enemies. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. There's no reason now to be afraid. The time is coming when they will say to Jerusalem, Do not be afraid, city of Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. His power gives you victory. The Lord will take delight in you, and in His love He will give you new life. He will sing and be joyful over you. 
as joyful as people at a festival. Amen. So if the Lord is singing and being joyful over us, wouldn't it be right for us to join in? Join in on the procession? If God is being joyful, you think there's laughter in there and humor and and having a good time? He will sing and be joyful over you. As joyful as people at a festival. At a festival, there's loud laughter. There's loud conversation, chatter, and everything. There's music. Everybody's feeling good. Our love is going back and forth. Amen. So, if God loves us, then He laughs with us. Laughter, it was invented by God. Laughter is essential for a good immune system. Laughter is essential to, uh, to give our, our immune system a boost. Laughter is a prerequisite for a miracle. When you laugh, we're really speaking through the Holy Spirit. Laughter gives the Holy Spirit a chance to make requests. Amen. See, the Lord said... Do not be weary. If you are weary, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, my yokes, my my humor upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my jokes are easy, and my burden is light. Amen. I might as well use the word yoke for yoke for jokes. <laughs> Okay, so how does God communicate with us? First, through daily prayer. Praying, and then when you prayed enough, and you read enough, then joy shows up. Humor shows up. Satisfaction and contentment shows up. But what about if you can't pray? What about if you can't read the Word of God? What about if you're dry as, uh, as the desert? What do you do then? Well, you make a commitment to get to act like and start thanking God that you're dry. Thanking God for where you're at. And see if you can make a song out of it. Oh, how dry I am. Maybe a Western song. Oh, how dry I am. And when you get it going, you say, cry me a river. Cry me a river. For the joy of the Lord is my strength, and His humor is our reward. So again, we thank God for where we're at. We pray to Him. We read His Word of God. We speak out with the Holy Spirit. And we choose to be joyful in God. We choose to be in His presence. We choose to let God be God in our lives. He is the, the light. He is our Father. He gives us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen? Amen. God has certainly gave us a lot of humor. 
I heard that they're drinking and having and having a, a rejoicing and having dinner and laughing so much that their sides hurt. You know, I believe God gives us a brain so we can get creative and he can love us and we and that's why we should bring our plans and our goals to God. He will stamp them with approval. I always tell family members, if your kid comes out with a crazy idea about being productive and doing business, and you know it's not going to go nowhere, support him anyway. Do not kill his dreams. Do not ridicule him. That is the worst thing you can do. Just continue to encourage like the Father encourages us. Now remember that a good laugh is by thanking God for your mistakes. The, the result is humbleness, letting go, letting God. You experience a humanness. You experience humor and laughter. You experience joy. The genuine evidence that a person has been with God is laughter and joy. Okay? That that person is squared away, made whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Once we're right with God, we have the right to humor. Once we're correct, right with God and prayered up, we have the right to enjoy laughter. Amen. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for coming in here and listening to me. I appreciate your presence. Let's go ahead and finish with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily laughter and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Forgive us of our murmuring and complaining as we forgive others of their murmuring and complaining. In Jesus' name, so be it.